Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 659. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. I'll never worry again about having a dead battery with my NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in my glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that'll jumpstart a dead battery in my car, boat, truck, or RV. The Genius Boost features built-in spark-proof technology and reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart any of my vehicles. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are built from solid copper for maximum conductivity. There's a built-in ultrabite dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS and emergency strobe. I use my Genius Boost Jump Starter to charge my phone, tablet, and laptop while I'm on the road or if the power goes out in my home. The unit itself is easily rechargeable in my vehicle. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, the battery car source since 1914. I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Jim Cowan. Hey, Jim, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am. I'm sitting in the den looking at Lake Michigan from a friend's house. <laughs> Beautiful, beautiful, great. Well, nice to be in Lake Michigan today. Jim Cowan is the CEO at Dicasm Automodello in Buffalo Grove, Illinois. The company was founded based on a passion to bring overlooked marks and models to life through hand-built resin art replicas. Jim is a collector who's worked in the nonprofit sector his entire life, and he decided to create a company that could bring collectors and nonprofit organizations together by bridging a gap between the two. At Dicasm, you buy a model, choose a nonprofit or charitable organization from their eligible list, and 10% of the net sale revenues are donated to that organization. Very nice. Jim's business partner is past Carsia guest and automotive designer, Rafi Manazian. With hundreds of models to choose from, no doubt, Jim has the perfect car for you. And he's going to do something a little special for Carsia listeners during this holiday season here. If you go to uh, diechasm.com and mention Cars Yeah at checkout, you get a $50 off coupon for your order. That is pretty cool. want to thank you for being Santa Claus with us this year. And that's available through December 25th, 2016. So check it out. I'll mention it again at the end of the show, and it'll be noted on Jim's show notes page here at Cars Yeah. So, Jim, I've told our listeners just a tiny bit about you. Would you take a little brief moment, share a little bit more about your career and Dicasm, and of course, your passion for automobiles and model cars. Well, you know, I basically don't come from a car background. I say that because I grew up in a family where my parents drove Ramblers, which were <laughs> dead stock reliable, um, but they weren't, you know, they were sedans. But I still digested every car magazine I could find. And it wasn't until we went on vacation one year in the, when I was a teenager and I saw a Lotus Europa and fell in love and always swear I would have one of those. And I eventually did get one and kept it for 25 years. And oh, my I, gosh. So I sold it to a guy. It went back home, to, and it now sits about 30 miles from Hethel. 
Wow. My primary career was in banking and working with nonprofits for the last 15 years. And most of them are at the entire opposite spectrum, which I still have that business. We work with homeless shelters around the country. So, mm-hmm. and they're all faith-based. And as a result, four months out of the year, they don't want to see me because they're that's when they're getting their donations in. So I was kind of bored. I'm not a sit-at-home, retired type of guy. So I went and uh, I had a car that I was using as a trade show asset, and I wanted a model. And as a result, I decided to start this company, Diecasm, to give back to most of my clients and then also uh, to eventually manufacture cars. And through a series of circumstances, I met Rafi, it would consume the whole show just to talk about how we got together. <laughs> and then uh, as a result, we've been doing cars together, Rafi and I, since uh, 2010 and have had a lot of fun with it, starting with the 1964 Griffith Series 200. Wow. Ian. You know, it's a great thing when you can turn a passion into a business. It doesn't have to make, it's not so much about the money. It's really about in having fun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, you found the secret to life, and that's what Cars Yeah is all about. And that's why I wanted to have you on the show, because coming from a different industry and then finding a way to wrap that car passion into your career and into a business is really fantastic. And the connection with Rafi is cool, because he was a guest on the show some time ago, so I know him well. He lives just a little little ways north of me here in Gig Harbor, Washington. So that's very cool, too. Well, as we continue on your journey... I always like to start with a success quote. This is some kind of saying in your life or a mantra that has some meaning. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, Jim, take the wheel. Being a Lotus guy, I always remember, you know, that there was a book put out years ago, and it talked about Colin Chapman and him and Dan Gurney, who I still work with on some of these models, how they basically took a collection of parts and made them into something really special. Mm-hmm. So I don't think there's an actual quote, but it's just the idea of thinking outside of the box to get where you need to go. I think that's great. You know, my first Lotus was a race car. I used to race vintage cars. I had a Lotus 18 Formula Junior, and that is in the epitome of Colin Chap- Chapman's concept of taking a Ford Anglia engine, putting in this very delicate little frame and tiny little steering wheel and a Renault gearbox and uh, brakes from another car. I mean, all these components put together. I think that's a great way to think of it. Well, how have you incorporated that concept or thought into what you've built with Diecasm? Well, first I have to say, I envy people like yourself that can actually fit in most of Colin Chapman's cars because I'm (laughs) 6'5". Oh, yeah, you never fit in a Lotus 18. (laughs) (laughs) And most of the cars that I actually like, I don't fit in which is one of the reasons to almost go after and build models cars. Mm-hmm. If you can't fit them, you might as well be able to look at them. That does explain it well. You know, I'm pretty sure that every car guy has at least one model car. Most of us have a lot. I have far too many, if you ask my wife. And one of the things that I've always done is collect models of cars that I love and lust after, but I can never afford one, like a Ferrari GTO or a Maserati Birdcage or pick anyone. I mean, there's a ton of them. If it rolls on rubber, I like it. So I think that your answer is very appropriate. For many of us, having a model of a car, you can sit it on your desk, enjoy it, look at it every day and realize that, wow, that would be really nice, but I, I can't get one of those. So I can at least enjoy it 
and look at it. So I understand completely what you're talking about. You talk about growing up in a family where it wasn't really a car family and a bunch of ramblers and, and that's cool too. I would love to hear a story uh, about what instigated that passion for you of cars. Go back in time and tell us about that pivotal moment when you realized you were a car guy. You mentioned that Lotus Europa. Was that the moment in time? I was in the cars before I saw the Europa. I mean, but it was, you know, I think I was 12 years old at that time, but I remember when I was young, much younger, it'd be like eight or nine. And I think I got an, a passion for cars. I, I had a, a, a reading problem. I was severely dis- and still am dyslexic. And I was told to read things and the things that I read were car magazines. Okay. It was a way to read and get lost in the in the magazines, even though you know, it had pictures. Uh-huh. And I don't think my parents would have let me read Playboy uh, <laughs> at seven or eight. I hope not. Uh, Probably not appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> and my best friend all through high school, he was the same way. I mean, we we bought model kits like AMT and things like that. We'd build them. Of course, back then, who knew we would blow them up immediately or burn them up. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember a time when I wasn't into playing with cars. Yeah. The, you know, the downside of having parents that were in the Ramblers is because they were reliable as hell. I never actually learned to work on cars, but I've always been fortunate. I've found people that know how to work on them. Yeah. So I probably never should have owned a Lotus Europa for that reason. But, <laughs> well, no. You know, for an exotic, it was actually rather reliable until we started blowing the engine up on the track. But well. before that, it was fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Very cool. So, Jim, what I want to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and crawl under the hood and ask you to share a huge challenge or even a big failure that you faced along the way in your career. You know, you developed this dichasm, and I'm sure there were some challenges along the way to try to get that to become a real business and moving and so forth. I love the concept of combining the charity with the cars, with the profits and so forth. I think it's a really unique way to operate a business. Could you share one of those difficult times and moments? But the most important part of that, of course, is what did it teach you so that you can move forward and be successful? You know, I mentioned earlier about the uh, dyslexia. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the things about that is, uh, you know, you can't really... Even to this day, I'll read things and, you know, in my mind, it won't read right. Mm -hmm. I have to actually go back and read it. And I remember even in the beginning of my career, there would be challenges as a result of that, but it would allow me to see things differently. When it came time to, you know, jump forward to decide what I wanted to do for the four months out of the year when I wasn't working with a nonprofit, a lot of people would just be content to just sit around and read or do, I, I don't have, I can't really sit still that long. Mm-hmm. And I thought just throwing a website up there to sell model cars was probably going to be a nice tax deduction, but that's about it. I wanted to give back as a result. I didn't set out to do manufacturing. I set out to be a retailer and have some fun. I mean, the way I met Rafi was over time, I developed into a business development guy. And as a result, over time, so I saw the Collectors Foundation, you know, which was started by Haggerty. Mm-hmm. And I wrote to them and said, I'd like to exchange, you know, links. And the guy that called me back, you know, they had some guy call me three months later. I, you know, sort of like forgot about it. And finally, about two hours into the conversation, I said, well, why you, Mr. Board Member? And he said, you know, I know something about models. 
And that's when I learned, you know, who Rafi was. Uh, okay. And, you know, the thing that I found is that I was going to do build models just going direct to the manufacturer, but uh, sending money halfway around the world, I was a little concerned. So mm. I, for all practical purposes, chickened out. What I found with Rafi, you know, and there's other people like that, is he was willing to take a, even though I was paying for it, he was willing to take a mentoring approach. Mm-hmm. Whenever anybody mentors somebody else, I think both sides win. Sure. You know, over time, we've developed into a pretty good partnership. And, you know, one of the things that's been done with this brand we call Automodello is that, you know, I let the people that have the skills do what they do best because I can't do it all. You know, and it's a hard thing. So, you know, but you know, you got to know when to let go and let other people just do it. Oh, absolutely. Going back to the dyslexia, I've had many guests on the show here who've been challenged by that and talked about the many ways that they've overcome it and moved past it or moved on. And many, surprisingly, have been artists, people that are in the art, very creative fields, artistic fields, and uh, that direction and path in their careers have helped them uh, in overcoming the challenges with dyslexia. So I appreciate you sharing a really personal side of your story. And, and that tie-in with Rafi is very cool. He's very much that way. So uh, I've loved getting to know him. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, he's been a guest here on Cars Yeah, so listeners can go back and listen to, to that show if they haven't heard of him or haven't listened to that show. Let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share a career aha moment. It's a time when you kind of decide to take a new path. Maybe it was when you decided with this diecasm or automodello, but tell us the steps you took to turn that aha moment into a success. I started my career in banking on the operations side, not even though I have an MBA in finance. I never did the finance side per se. And I started doing consulting inside the banks. And over time, that worked out that I would then either directly or indirectly back into business development. Mm-hmm. which to me, anytime you meet people, the only people that seem to understand what business development is is other business developers. It's <laughs> uh, not really sales. It's not really marketing. It's sort of consult. I mean, it's like a closest I can come is it's a generalist that can exchange ideas so that people can understand. Mm-hmm. And that really took place. I lived for a couple of short, well, I owned a house for a couple of short years. The joke was that although I owned a house, I, had, I was maybe only there six months in Birmingham, but that's really where the shift for me came, where I left being a, just pure consulting or in operations, moved more into business development and things of that nature. I see. And, you know, allowed myself to then expand a lot more. And I would assume that expansion helped you when you decided to move from banking and the nonprofit sector into creating your own business. This kind of little side business has now become a more serious business with uh, diecasm. Would that be accurate? Yeah, I mean, I you know, I essentially I still have two businesses. I have my consulting business, which we still work with nonprofits, which is called AccuBank, and then the diecasm. The beauty of the two businesses is that except for the summer when there's all these car shows to go to, the two businesses really don't overlap each other. Mm. One deals mostly with homeless shelters around the country, and the other one deals at the exact opposite end of the market. Mm -hmm. People are about as far away from homeless as you can get. Very cool. Well, how about Prouder's career moments? I would assume you've had many, but is there 
one in particular that stands out that you could share? I don't know if there's a career moment. I, I mean, more of a personal moment would be when I adopted my daughter. Oh, nice. So, I mean, that would probably, of anything in my life, that would be the, of course, marriage helped. But uh, Yes, it does. <laughs> uh, and we're still married. Nice. Uh, Great. But I think that whole process of going through, which is, a very, you know, anybody that's done it knows how rigorous it can be. Mm-hmm. But the whole idea, I've had friends say to me, did you ever believe that you could be in love with something that you didn't create. And that's, in many respects, you know, that's to me is what adoption is. Oh, yeah. It's a wonderful thing. Kudos to you and your wife for doing that. Radically changing somebody's life for the better. Very, very special. (laughs) Very, very nice indeed. Well, let's have a little bit of fun here. I want to go back in time and talk about your first really special car. Perhaps it was that Lotus, but maybe something different. It's a, a vehicle that you got that you've really wanted for a long time and maybe share a memory you have with that vehicle. I was in a car accident and I wanted something big and heavy that, so I bought a 72 Riviera because at the time that was all I could afford, the boat tail ones. I figured if I was ever in an accident again, it wasn't whether I was going to survive or not. But I had lusted, which is the only fair description I can give, for a Europa for years. And I was doing consulting in the Detroit area in the late 80s with, uh, I think it was Unisys at the time, and there was a psychologist who had the Europa, he also had an Alfa Romeo, but he only had a two-car garage and winter was coming, so he sold the Lotus to me and the Alfa to somebody else and bought himself a Maserati by turbo <laughs> Oh, gosh. <laughs> the Lotus I bought, and, you know, because I had grown up basically driving automatics all those years... I mean, the last time I had driven a stick was in high school, which was a VW Beetle. So I buy this car. I don't know how to drive a stick. I barely fit in it. And I was also living at the time in down, in the Gold Coast in downtown Chicago. Mm-hmm. But the guys that sold it to me was a company that's now called Auto Europe in Birmingham, Michigan. And uh, the psychologist had already paid for like $800 repairs that were about to happen. So they honored that. And what would happen is every winter I'd break it at Groton, which was a course outside of uh, Grand Rapids. And then we'd tow the car back to Birmingham, Michigan. I'd let them work on it over the winter. And that way I'd have to pay storage fees in Chicago. <laughs> Very clever. And then, I'd pick, <laughs> and then I'd pick it up in the spring. And to this day, I've sold it four years ago, but every now and then I still miss the car. Is that your seller's remorse story, the car that you, you wish you had yes. back in your... Yeah, I kind of figured that would be... Okay, well, well, you had it for a long time, probably a lot longer than most Lotus owners own their cars, so uh, that's quite a relationship with uh, that little British thing, so very nice. Well, let's talk about today and tomorrow. What has you currently really excited and fired up with Dicasm and Automodello? When we put Automodello out there, we originally put it out there as an information and there's always been confusion. What's Dicasm? What's Automodello? So in a nutshell, Dicasm is the corporate side of Automodello. Automodello mm-hmm. is the product or the brand. Ah, got it. There's always been confusion about the two and how they relate. So this past summer, we took the approach is that my former webmaster, who took a real job finally, 
Automobile was written in an arc, some archaic language that my current webmaster didn't know, and I didn't really want her to learn it. Mm-hmm. So what we did is uh, we moved Automodella onto the same e-commerce platform that Dicasm was on. Okay. I mean, a lot of the reason we did it is so that she could support both easily. Mm-hmm. But we also did it is we wanted to make it easier for people to find the brand. I did a show this past weekend in Michigan, and I was amazed after seven years how many people had not heard of it. Mm. So... That was the first thing. Automodel is the brand. It sits there. It, it operates. It used to be up until this latest move. If you found the Automodel website and you wanted to order, you would get pushed over to the Diecast. Now you can actually order on the Automodel website if you choose to. Got it. And Diecast will continue to operate its website as under the same rules, even though it's creating the rules, as our other dealers. Okay. So we can't operate outside the box even though we own the brand right because i like to create a level paying field and then the second thing with automodella is with the first model which was the griffith i was able to track down jack griffith who's you know and jack at the time was like 85 but with the models we actually put a history about the mark and the model behind the model so you may not have heard it but you like the shape but you don't know enough about it as you're showing it to your friends, you can talk intelligently about the cars. Okay. Okay. Um, and then the third thing is because a lot of the people that were involved in these cars, you know, they're unfortunately getting fairly up in years. So we've been fortunate that we've been able to work with like John Fitch, the racer and uh, Herb Grassi who designed the Bricklin. So, we looked at, we try to find cars that either haven't been modeled before or marks that have been ignored and things of that nature. Very cool. And then the last thing we do is we've worked with some of the, the guys that actually own the collections. What I've found with most of them is once they realize that you're there just for the car, you're not there to scam them or do anything else. You know, you, you're really just interested in their cars. Mm-hmm that they are just car guys underneath. Right. I mean, we work with uh, Sam Mann on a couple of his, we've done two of his cars, his Graber, Duesenberg Graber, which was a one-off Graber. We're going to come out with in the spring, his Delage that won Pebble Beach in 2005. I mean, he has a beautiful collection. And if we need cars or need information, they don't mind sharing with mm-hmm. us. Or if they don't have it, they don't mind telling us, no, I don't have it, but I know where you, you might be able to get it or sure. talk to this person. Yeah. So it's been rewarding and fun at the same time. Oh, yeah. yeah. As we've developed the brand. I found most car people are most genuine and willing to share their cars with people. And that's the great thing about about the hobby that we're all so passionate about. Here's a very introspective question for you, Jim. If Jim was a car. What kind of car would you be and why? You know, when I read this question, when you sent it to me in advance, I had, it didn't take right off the top of my head. I came up with a Unimog. <laughs> now, that's unique. You'd be the first Unimog here on Cars, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's a multi-purpose vehicle. I mean, uh-huh. I sort of look like that. You know, it, I'm doing multiple things. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, I pull in the right tool or the right person at the right time. If you want to drive left or right, you just slide the steering wheel over. 
I know it failed dismally in this country on some of those uh, shows that I've watched on TV, but, you know, I, think, I just, you know. <laughs> no, you, you answered the question perfectly. That's what it's, it's, it's intended. So thank you for giving some thought to that. I like it. Well, Jim, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Car Show sponsors. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. That's right, 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft has been manufacturing premium quality exterior and interior covers for over 50 years with a stellar reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit over 80,000 patterns and growing. They are the only cover I'll put on my vehicles. You can choose from a wide variety of fabrics, styles, colors, and more. From full cover designs for factory to custom-made vehicles, plus convertible top covers, trucks, truck cab coolers, motorcycles, scooters, ATVs, trailers, campers, personal watercraft, and a wide variety of custom features. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark sent you. That's Covercraft.com. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. All right, Jim, we are back and we're entering the last lap and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Well, since I'm not mechanically oriented when it comes to cars, find a mechanic you can trust Mm. and leave (laughs) it at that. Absolutely important. Now, how about a personal habit? Is there one that you could share with us that you believe has helped contribute to your success? I feel that when I look at Automodelo, Automodelo is essentially run as a virtual company. There's five core members. We've never, all five of us have never been in the same room at the same time in the last 10 years. Wow. So the real thing about it is you can't, you can direct, but you, if you try and micromanage, it won't work. There you go. Very intriguing. Now, how about a resource? There's, Lots of great resources out there, but is there one in particular you'd like to share? Well, when we go to pick a car, once we select, if there's a club mm-hmm. that's behind the car, and in most of the cars we pick there are, we try to work with the club. Mm, yeah. So, you know, like we're doing a Lincoln, we work with the Lincoln Club. We're doing TVR, we work with the TVR Club. We The same with the Buick. I mean, they're invaluable in helping us find the cars to because we do everything from photographs, not from just images on the web. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to find the guy that has that 
perfect car from whatever year it happens to be. Right. Yeah, clubs are a great resource, forums and clubs. Absolutely fantastic. And again, as we mentioned earlier, many, many times the club members are all but too willing to share things, share ideas, uh, where to get parts, replacements, and so forth. So great resource. Now, how about a book? Is there a book you'd like to share with the Cars Yow listeners you think they should read? There was a book put out. I'm uh, Hopefully I get his name right. Carl Ludvigson. Mm-hmm who wrote Colin Chapman, Inside the Innovator. It's not the type of book you can sit down and read cover to cover. It essentially, over a course of like eight to ten chapters, it takes you through the aerodynamics. So it takes a component within the car and how he came up, you know, where the idea started to where it ended up. Oh, brilliant. Fantastic. Sounds like a fantastic book. Well, listeners, you can find Links to all these great resources Jim has shared on his very own show notes page at carsyad.com slash Jim Cowan. There's another great place in the Cars yeah website called Guest Recommended Books where this book and the past 658 guest books are listed for quick, easy clicks to buy. It's a fantastic reference guide of uh, car people who are passionate about cars, books they love. There's thousand, over a thousand books listed in there now. So check it out on the Cars yeah website under resources. All right, we are up to the checkered flag, Jim. And this last question can be a bit of a doozy. If you could have only one collector car in your garage, it could be anything in the world, any car in the world. A real car. It doesn't have to be a model this time. Money is no object. I'm going to buy you anything you'd like. What would that vehicle be? And more importantly, why? When I looked at this, I narrowed it down to three cars, even though you didn't allow me to. (laughs) I mean, the first one I put it down is uh, there's a car that we're actually going to model that's in a collection. It's a 37 Delahaye car. 135 MS by Fagoni and Falashi. Um, it's just, you know, like if you could have a car as a mistress, that would be perfect. Um, <laughs> I'd probably, to drive it, don't fit in it, but it's like, roll, to me, it's rolling art. Mm-hmm. The second would be the Europa, and the third would probably be the BMW Z1 with the crazy doors. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just because it didn't, you know, it was it was never sold here, although I think you can now bring them in. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd like another Europa, or I'd like my Europa back, but I think if I had to just narrow it down to one period, I'd probably, at this point in my life, go with the Z1. All right. Very cool. Well, I appreciate you sharing all three and narrowing that down. Thanks for abiding by the rules here on Cars. Yeah, but a BMW Z1 would be pretty darn cool. What color would you like? I'd probably go with red because the Mini Cooper I drive is red as well. (laughs) Very fun. Well, Jim, you've taken me on an awesome ride today. I've really enjoyed learning more about you, about Dicasm, Automodello. everything that you're doing. I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the Cars. Yeah, listeners. Is there a little bit of parting guidance or advice you might offer our listeners before you head off into the sunset in that BMW Z1? You know, with Automodello, one of the things we did with that is we started in 143 scale, which is more of an international scale. And about four years ago, or maybe a little longer than that, we went into 124. Mm-hmm. And at the time... There were two marks, I mean, two brands, Franklin Mint and Danbury Mint, that were 124. So I estimated, you know, maybe on a good day, we had one-tenth of 1% of the market. Yes. And now neither Franklin nor Danbury are in the market. You know, the market's probably a dying market 
in that scale as everybody's either gone down to 143rd or up to 118. Mm-hmm. I guess from my perspective, I look at that as it's more like a we can pack so much detail into the 124 yeah. that for those three or 400 collectors, it becomes a very satisfying product for them. Mm. So I think that's been really helpful. We did we do dabble in 112, but we only do 60s F1 cars in 112. So we did the Lotus 49, and we're doing the later at the end of next year, the Dan Gurney Eagle winning spa car. Nice. But I like this 124 scale because it takes me back to my youth when I was blowing the cars up in 125th. <laughs> well, no blowing up of your cars now. That's not allowed. They're right. far. They're far too nice. So, what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and your business? Uh, they can go to either uh, automodello.com.com, which is a u t o m o d e l l o dot com, or they can go to diecasm. D-I-E-C-A-S-M dot com. Okay. If they're in the U.S. or Canada, they can dial 877-343-2276 or internationally uh, 847-274-9645. There you go. Well, listeners, again, you can find links to all of these resources and how to get a hold of Jim and how to buy yourself a cool car or one for a friend on his own show notes page at carsyeah.com. Just type Jim in the search bar and that page will pop up. And I want to remind you that Jim's been very generous this holiday season. If you go to his websites and purchase a car, you'll get a $50 off coupon. Just put Yeah in the uh, checkout box there and that'll be applied. Thank you for doing that for our listeners. Very fantastic. So now's the right time to do it. So like I said, buy yourself a model, something unique or different or something for a friend, that hard to buy for car person on your holiday list. Just put cars, yeah, in the checkout at those websites. Hey, Jim, thank you for doing that, and thank you for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your story with the Cars Yeah listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!